Is there a cross that, that you bear in life? Today, as, as we see this cross here set on its side, we are reminded that that was something that had to be carried up to where the crucifixions would take place. Now, sometimes when we look at the, the troubles, the hardships that we have in life, the phrase that sometimes used is, well, this is the cross that I have to bear. Now, all along this month as we've been doing this CSI work, Christ Scene or Cross Scene investigation, we have been looking how the cross was something that faced Jesus. But today, we want to be a little more personal with it and see how does that cross become ours. You recall that when Jesus was forced to carry his cross through those streets in Jerusalem and up that hill to Calvary, he collapsed under the weight of it. He was so weak. And those Roman soldiers grabbed a man out of the crowd and made him carry that cross the rest of the way. Though it's, it's a small section in that larger story about Jesus' death, there's a message for us in it, and that's what we want to investigate today, about our bearing the cross. So let's go take a look at that cross scene and do a little investigating. It's recorded in, in Mark chapter 15. And when they, the soldiers, had mocked him, Jesus, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. Now you and I are maybe used to that phrase, bearing the cross, as sometimes referring to the, the troubles or the hardships that we have in life. Maybe there's some illness that's prolonged. Maybe there's some disability we have. Maybe there's some kind of a situation, a financial situation or a relationship or, or just struggling with a job or being unemployed. And, and we might use that phrase, this is the cross that I have to bear. And what it's simply reminding us of is that cross, the first thing that comes to mind is that of suffering. But today we want to see how that cross of Christ is really our cross. Now we think we only know a lot about the cross today simply because of what happened to Jesus and how the account of Jesus has been passed down for centuries. What I mean by that is this. Many cultures and civilizations throughout history have had their particular means of putting people to death. But none of them are really talked about anymore. One, they might be gory or it's just out of phase, but this one sticks around. And it has become simply a symbol for suffering in general. 
Now we can see that when we look at what a, a crucifixion was like. It, it reminds us of the suffering that the people went through, that the criminals went through. The Romans used it as a, as a means of, of torturous execution. Now I'm not going to go into all the details, but we know very much that it was a horrible way to die, the physical suffering that took place. But there was a lot of emotional suffering that took place too. You know, being sentenced to death and then being forced to carry that, that instrument of death that you would die on up to that hill. So the whole thing of looking ahead, knowing what was going to happen to you, that had to be a terrible thing on somebody's mind and in their, and in their heart. And along the way, there would be crowds that are just watching that procession, jeering at you, maybe cheering that now you're going to get what you deserve. All that rejection. So it was a, a terrible means to die. Today, again, because the cross means suffering, when people experience some kind of suffering, they will say, this is the cross that I have to bear. But when we compare that to Christ's suffering, we see really there's no comparison at all. The suffering he went through physically was horrible. I mean, he was up the whole night. He had no sleep. He had gone through those trials in which he was hit and then whipped, beaten, and then forced to carry that cross, and then the whole crucifixion thing. He was suffering terribly physically. But also emotionally, as the very people he came to be his own, the ones he came to save, they were the ones calling for his death. They were the ones rejecting him and mocking him and beating him. And then the whole abandonment thing. Just a few hours before this event, those disciples all pledged to be faithful to him, never denying or turning away from him. And where were they? They all ran away. Now as bad as all that was, there was something still far worse that Jesus suffered and that was the punishment of God for our sins. Jesus was sentenced to death so that he would feel and experience the judgment of God. Not for anything he did wrong, because he did nothing wrong. He was perfect his whole life, not one sin. And yet now he's bearing the load of sin. Now, just think of what that must have been like for him. You know, there are times when we feel guilt over what we've done wrong, right? And sometimes it's just a little bit of guilt, sometimes a little more, sometimes maybe a whole lot. Jesus had never experienced guilt before because he was never guilty of anything. And now he's guilty of all of the sins of the world. Imagine the crushing effect that must have had on his soul. Imagine feeling the hatred of his father who had pledged many times during his ministry, this is my son whom I love. And now he experiences the hatred 
of God. The cross is a sign of suffering. Not just the physical suffering that people would go through, but the suffering that God went through for us. And then along comes Simon, just there in the crowd, and they make him carry this cross. But the difference is, he just carried it. And there had to be some weight there. It had to be uncomfortable. He's carrying it up to Calvary, but he didn't die on it. Jesus was nailed to it. Jesus suffered on it. Jesus died on it. And that's because the cross is also the curse for sin. It's the curse of our sin. When human beings first disobeyed God, Adam and Eve, when they first disobeyed God in that garden, God had told them, after he said that he would curse and crush the serpent, the devil, that they too would experience the consequences of their disobedience. To the woman, he said, she would now bear pains in childbirth. And that there would be tension in the relationship between husband and wife and in all human relationships. To the man, he said, the ground was now cursed. And his work now would be toil. It would be hard. And along with the crops and things he would grow, there would be weeds and thorns and thistles. Life wouldn't be easy anymore. And there would be sickness. And there would be death. For God had said, if you disobey me, you will die. He says clearly in scriptures, the soul that sins, it shall die. For the wages of sin is death. And so we are reminded of that with the Apostle Paul's words about the cross. He said, for all who rely on the works of the law, that is, everyone who thinks, I can get to heaven by being a good person, by just doing what God says, at least being as best as I can, you're under a curse. Because it's written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything, everything written in the book of the law. And so that cross is a curse for sin, for our sin. But it was Christ who was on the cross, not us, because he became the curse for us. The Apostle Paul continues when he writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. That was God's plan from the beginning from the promise that was made in the Garden of Eden, when that curse was pronounced, God was saying the curse would be on the Savior. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, that curse was felt as Jesus began to feel the weight of all of that guilt. And finally, the curse did its thing as Jesus was laid in that garden tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, God died as the curse for our sin. But there was more to it. 
Paul said, we've been redeemed from the curse. Because that curse of death now is removed. So Paul could write, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ became the curse for us, the curse is removed from us, and we will not be separated from God. We have the victory. Christ won that for us. And so when we look at the cross, we want to boast about it. Christ's cross is our cross. That's where I'm redeemed. That's where I'm forgiven. That's where I have life. From that instrument of death, that curse that Christ took away from me. That's what the prophet Isaiah was picturing 700 years before it happened. He was reminding us that we will not suffer for our sins because Christ removed the curse from us. Here are Isaiah's words. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That this cross is what I bear allows me then to take my guilt, that guilt I feel over my sins, and to bring it here and leave it here because this is where it belongs. On him, not on me. I'm free from it. And when I experience the consequences of sin, that is when I experience the illness and the struggles and even death, I can go here and find healing because that's where the curse has been taken away. And when I feel the misery of a world that is so confusing and conflicted, I can come here and find peace because here I am reminded that I'm not separated from the love of God, but only blessed. Oh, the wonderful cross. Stop at this point and let's just reflect on that truth as we sing that song, The Wonderful Cross.
as we investigate this cross scene a little more, let's take a look at what happens next. There we see that the cross is transferred to this man named Simon, a guy who was from Cyrene, 800 miles away, who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover. He was there to sacrifice his Passover lamb to God. And instead, what he sees is God's lamb being sacrificed for him. And what happens to him is that cross is laid on him. 
And from that little event, we see that the cross we do carry, our cross, is Christ's cross. Now, that had to be quite a life-changing event for him. You know, we talk about big things that happen maybe in our life, you know, and then we'll talk to somebody and say, boy, that really changed my life when that happened. It did for Simon, too. Now, we don't really hear any more about Simon other than what Mark recorded for us. So let's investigate that last statement he made. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. Now, some people might say, boy, talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. No, that was the right place at the right time, according to God's plan. God wanted to connect Simon with Jesus. And talk about a life-changing event. Just look at what it says. He's the father of Alexander and Rufus. You're not excited by that. <laughs> All right, let's do a little more investigating. Who are Alexander and Rufus? Well, when we look in the Bible, we find out who they are. Mark was writing his gospel to the Roman Christians. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Roman Christians. It's called Romans in the Bible. And at the end of that letter, as he is greeting people in that church, he makes this comment. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Rufus, who was Simon's son, became a Christian, probably because Simon's life was changed. He became a Christian and passed that on to his children and his wife. And now they are members in that church in Rome. They now can say, Christ's cross is my cross. And our cross, what we carry, what we bear in life, is this cross. It's a life-changing event. Now we might say, wow, that was really cool, you know, to be back there and to have all those connections. But the truth of the matter is, we too are connected to this cross. We are connected to the death and burial of Jesus through our baptism. That's why I have the baptism font right here at the foot of the cross this morning, that we make that connection. We are connected to Christ and to his death and burial for our sin through our baptism. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans about that cross and our connection to it through baptism. He wrote, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, 
just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Paul is telling us we are connected to the death and burial of Christ, that our sin nature has been put to death. Now we might look at it and say, oh no, no, my sin nature is pretty much alive every day. But in God's eyes, it's been put to death. The curse was transferred to our sin nature, and now we're free from that curse. That's why Paul would say, so that we could be raised to a newness of life. You see, not only does the baptism connect us to Christ's death, but it also revives us. It's a drowning of the sin nature, but a resurrection of the God nature in us, so that now we can live godly lives. It connects us to the resurrection of Jesus. Listen how Paul further explains that in Romans 6. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Not only do we have a changed life, we have a new life, a new life that's revived because of that resurrection of Jesus, a new life that we can say we live under the cross. That's why our cross, the cross we bear, is Christ's cross. Now what does that mean? What does life under the cross look like? Let's reflect back on the words that we heard in our uh, epistle reading today, our gospel reading rather, when Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. A life under the cross consists of those two things. First of all, that we deny ourselves. That is, we live in submission to God's will. It's no longer, this is what I want, and this is what I am going to do, but rather, this is what God wants, and that is what I will do. Just as Jesus submitted to the Father's will, even though he knew what was coming up, he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. So we too will submit ourselves to the will of God which means that we will follow what he says our new life should be like. No longer slaves to sin, but now servants of his righteousness, living to serve him with our life. Now Jesus also said, you must take up your cross. And since the cross was a sign of, suff of suffering, it may very well be that we will have to suffer for his cause. Now what does that mean? Well, we know that the early Christians often suffered persecution, whether it was just the scorn and the hatred, or being kicked out of town, their property confiscated, being put in jail, some even put to death. 
We hear that being done to some Christians in the world today. We perhaps maybe have experienced the, the scorn, the despising of the world. Oh, what foolish Christians they are to believe that, to live that way. And they don't like when we say, this is the will of God and it must be followed. We suffer sometimes too. Jesus said we must be willing to take up our cross and if need be, suffer for that cause. The Apostle Paul reflected on his life and his ministry in suffering for the cause, but look at the positive way he viewed it. His words from 2 Corinthians 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We have not given up hope. We've been persecuted, but we're not abandoned. God is with us. We've been struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. And so God has called us now to take up this cross. Our cross is the cross of Christ. When we reflect on our own crosses, our suffering, our troubles, let's lay that aside and reflect on this one truth, that the cross we have is the cross of Christ. He bore the curse for our sin, so we're free from that. But we look forward then to bearing the cross for him. So let us gladly carry that cross with our faith, with lives that are dead to sin, and lives that are dedicated to him. That's cross-bearing. Amen.